Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It, it, it continues to amaze me how when I look at our statistics for downloads that our top 10 releases of, what are we on, episode 30? This is episode 38. Woot, woot. Episode 38 uh, that Plowhawk, uh, when I look at our top 10 listen to shows, uh, three of them, four of them are questions from the audience and six of them, six of the top 12 are questions from the audience. The people can't get enough of you, Plow Panther, and they can't get enough of you, Iggy. And all I do is I set you up. I get you the ball. I don't shoot. I just get you the ball. I dish. People like to mix it up, you know. You have some serious interviews that you've had in the past, and also you, with us and Project, you can kind of mix it up and have a little fun. People but picking like that. and groaning doesn't do very well. Now it's partially, I think, because the, the picks, picks are so good, horrible. <laughs> uh, but the people want to hear from you, boys. Iggy, what do you think about the Iggy? What do you think about that, Jack? Well, don't sell yourself short because you're part of this podcast. You answer the same questions we do. Um, but I think it's just I think our listeners really like to just hear grab ass. Yep. Um, they enjoy the interviews. I know I do the interviews, the hard hitting interviews that you do. Uh, but every once in a while, they just like to hear us talk about shit and things that really don't matter. It makes their lives make feel think. a little bit better. I feel By like when they hear the about me cooking a tombstone, them? playing a video game from five years ago, I think they go, but huh. you're very happy doing that. It's and not I like love you're it. like mad about it. Very low maintenance for me. Uh, questions from the audience. You can submit your questions by emailing me, Tim McKernan. At InsideSTL.com. Now, not every single one will be read. We only have so much time, but uh, we do like to try and get as many as we possibly can in. And uh, we do this uh, once a week, and uh, it could turn into a 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. show on 590 The Fan KFNS. That's kind of still in the works. I know that uh, the ownership of the radio station is interested in doing it, just kind of a matter of, of when. But either way, in the meantime, we will continue to do this. We'll have the interviews that I do on Mondays, uh, questions from the audience airs on Thursdays, and then picking and groaning with me and producer Joe only has three more left because you have the divisional round of the playoffs, uh, the AFC NFC championship games, and then the Super Bowl. And I can't wait to put that to bed. I hate doing that podcast. It's embarrassing. This has been an absolute disaster. So we broadcast from the homeloanexpert.com studios, Ryan Kelly 
is the sponsor of our studios here on the program. And if you are in the market to buy a home, if you are in the market to refinance a home, make sure you do so with not only somebody who is a sponsor of the program, but also somebody who we all know is a first-class person and continues to see his business grow because of the work he and his staff do. And they're online at thehomeloanexpert.com. You can punch in the numbers right there and see how much money you can save. A lot of people say the time to make moves is actually earlier in the year. It's kind of like everybody else is zigging, so you zag. Well, do that right now with refinancing. And home values have never been higher. Go online at thehomeloanexpert.com and see how much money you can save by refinancing. Or if you're in the market to buy a home, make sure you purchase through Ryan Kelly at the home loan expert. Dot com. A bunch of questions have come in. A bunch of questions. And I and now we're at a point where Iggy, I'll say one to you, and you're like, oh, we already answered that one. Like I brought it up on the on the Ryan Kelly morning after, and you're like, Yeah, I've already answered the dream threesome. So that gets asked every week. <laughs> but I like this one here. And you guys, I don't know if you've listened to all the interviews. You don't have to tell me you did, because Plowhawk, I can't imagine you sitting down for 90 minutes of gym talent. That just doesn't seem I've listened like it's to in your some DNA. of them, I will say. Right. I've listened to some. Isaac so I, great. I, I do I do I do wonder about this because I do have admiration for God, I don't know, a lot of the people that I've sat down with on these things. Out of the people that have been interviewed for the podcast, which person do you admire the most in general and why? Uh, Plowhawk, you uh, get to lead off. Ooh, I got to think back. Um, Admire as like what they do. As like uh, for me, Isaac Bruce is always a hero of mine. And I this is the one I, I lis- I've listened to it twice. Isaac Bruce was a great podcast. I think for me it is Isaac Bruce because for that run of the greatest show on turf, he was a huge factor with it. He's great on and off the field, super nice guy, and does a lot with Ryan Kelly as well, who we all are, have a fascination with, and he's a great dude. So I would have to say Isaac Bruce because he's the one I know most about outside of football. Iggy, where are you on this? Uh, it would probably be Mike Bush. Mike only, Bush? Only for the fact that I've known. Do you ever appear on the pit? I don't think I have. Oh, I think I was asked one night, and I didn't want to drive all the way downtown at like ten thirty at night, so I said no. Um, but I've known Mike for God almost since I've been in the business, and he's always been nice to me. He's always been kind to me. Um, we've had some nice conversations about the business, about sports, um, and he's done a lot in his career to go from you know sports to being a news anchor. I know Steve Savard has done that as well. Um, but that's a, that's a lot of work. I mean, not that sports isn't, but he was a sports guy. You know, you come in, you watch some clips, you go to ball games, you go to football games, you go to hockey games, uh, you put together a three-minute script. I mean, news, you're all day, and you got to think for yourself. you got to write all these scripts. you got to write your uh, story intros and outros, go out and find the story. So a lot more work involved, and uh, that's something he has gone out and done, has been doing it well for, what, 20 years now, whatever he's been doing it. Uh, so I just uh, I admire somebody that, goes in a whole different direction and is as just as successful in that endeavor as he was doing sports. And he's always been nice to me. So I admire Mike Bush. You know, when I'm, I'm thinking, yeah. I, I have an answer right off the top of my head. I bet people who know me and listen to this will probably be able to get, who do you think it's going to, I'll put it to you. Who do you guys think it's going to be? Dwight. Danforth. Yeah. Danforth is a correct answer. Uh, but when I'm sitting there thinking about it and I'm just, I'm going through, I'm, I'm trying to call up all the, the interviews because as I'm thinking about it, so many of them um, I admire 
with different traits. Like you mentioned, Mike Bush, a, his hairline is phenomenal. I don't know how he does that. He, the man has not aged. It's insane. He hasn't actually, but to have the staying power at a very high level, you know, I mean, you can flop around in local TV and make no money, uh, you know, but but he has done it at a very high level for so long. I mean, you talk about 40 years in local TV and do it at a high level. And also his ability to recognize talent with what he with who he hired in the sports department there. And then I think the intuition uh, for Sports Plus, you know, granted, he acknowledged he got that from Fred Rogan in L.A., but to apply it to St. Louis uh, was huge. And that's a signature move. And then the transition to news. So I admire that Dave Glover's ability to tell stories that Jay Randolph seniors humility, despite an absolutely fascinating and incredibly accomplished life. He would have been my one a, if I was given two answers. Yeah. yeah DeWitt was, would have been my one. A. Uh, deciding Bill DeWitt. Um, I think he's just a good man. And he, like for his position and you know, the amount of money and the family, he doesn't have to be a good guy. He is generally a, such a, a nice dude for the little amount I've talked to him. Yeah. Guy. And uh, we'll get into because the DeWitt interview, at least at this point now, I don't know when people will be listening to this. It may not have been posted. It's uh, Monday, January 15th, 2018's interview. But um, there have been some clips posted, uh, and that was a really good interview. And I just, I buy in when it comes to, to Bill DeWitt III. Uh, Dave Peacock's business savvy, um, how he was willing to kind of go all in on two different St. Louis projects. I respect that. Uh, Lux is just like the coolest damn person. I mean, just like she's, she's the female plow hawk. She's just happy. I've never met her either. Her she's really good. super cool. Um, I really enjoyed the Gary Pinkle interview, um, because I felt like walls, he, he let, let down, you know, his guard, uh, Clay Travis's business acumen. I don't agree with a lot of what he says, but I certainly recognize the business acumen. I have a great deal of respect for that. And now since I've named so many, I feel like I'll leave people out. Isaac Bruce, I think, is just a great human being yes. outside of being a, an absurd NFL talent and eventual NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, but for me, Jack Danforth is the answer. And anybody I didn't include, it wasn't a, a shot per se. Uh, I'm just trying to rattle these off off the top of my head. But yeah, Mike Kelly just texted in and said, I can't believe he left me. Mike <laughs> Kelly has not aired yet. Uh, but uh, Mike Kelly saw him at a party last week, and uh, it, my son was absolutely fascinated by his voice. Um, and also a great storyteller. I think people really enjoy that. And that's another one that even if you're not a Missouri fan, I think you'll enjoy that because you'll, you'll hear his story uh, outside of his opinion on some Missouri experiences. But with that said, Jack Danforth, and my reason for it is I, I really have a soft spot, such a buzzword, but uh, a great deal of respect for somebody who will break from party lines, so to speak, and do what he or she thinks is in the interest of the greater good. And that's who I try to vote for. Uh, and again, you're trying to handicap an intangible. Uh, oftentimes you're handicapping an intangible if there isn't a large enough sample size of voting history. But um, I have a great deal of respect for that with Jack Danforth. Uh, and I have a great deal of respect for the fact that he is a, a priest, but yet is chastising the party he loves and the party he represented in the United States Senate and the party he was almost the vice president for, um, for its involvement and what he believes, uh, its deterioration by becoming subject to the wishes almost unilaterally of evangelicals. And, um, 
and how he is saying something that certainly is not well received, but he believes it and he tries to explain it, not in shots, but saying, for example, if you believe your party is the party of God, then what does that say about the other party? And therefore, if you believe it's the party of God, then how can there be any room for give and take because God is going to be absolutely right? And then that leads to a lack of negotiation and compromise and then the deterioration of dialogue and discourse in Washington and throughout the country. So he states it with reasons, not like, oh, that's just dumb, like something you'd see on Twitter. And he's obviously, well, I think obviously a very good man and a brilliant man. So uh, there is my long-winded answer to something that could have been answered in about three seconds, I think. Uh, this one I liked. I don't, Plowhawk, you probably won't be able to answer it. Iggy, you may know of one. I know of one. Uh, is there a move that did not come to fruition in the Cardinal run from 1996 to present that was not known to the general public that would have been huge, good or bad, along the lines of Alex Rodriguez in Boston in 2003? Are you aware? I, I have one that I can I can't say I know it, but I can say with a very good deal of confidence based on a very good source. But it's it goes back a while. I, I can honestly say that as long as I've been in this business, um, I have never been one to go out and find sources. I've never been one to, hey, I got to break a story. I got to get this. I'd never cared about that. So I've never been in the know about, hey, this was going to happen. It didn't happen. So to answer that question, no. My answer is Kevin Brown in 1997, and he kind of wound up becoming a bit of a, I don't know if joke, but he's attached to being one of the worst contracts oh, yeah. in baseball history. Uh, but the Cardinals were, per my source, on the verge of trading for him in 97 or 8. Uh, and I think he was with the Marlins at the time. Well, the Marlins won the World Series in 97, so I don't know. Either way, and the Marlins really wanted Manny Ibar. I mean, we're talking about an obscure Cardinal, but at the time, the Cardinals had huge hopes for Manny Ibar. Plowhawk, do you even remember the name Manny Ibar? Only because of our text line. Because Manny uh, Ibar occasionally will text yes, him to the program. Yes, for, I don't know if it's the real one, but yes. Right so this question's over my City. head, but I am fascinated with the Kevin Brown. Cause Kevin Brown is one that it was like, I, they, they think they thought it was done, or they were ready to, and then the Marlins insisted on Manny Ibar, and the Cardinals refused to part with Manny, Manny Ibar. But what that could have done to have that contract, do you have the real run beginning in 2000, uh, where you picked up Daryl Kyle, for example, Jim Edmonds, um, Eric Davis was a part of that team. Will Clark at the trade deadline, are they financially fluid or, uh, able to, to make that move? If that happens, I'm sure there are others, but off the top of my head, they don't stand out to me. Um, oh, I actually recently was told about one, um, it, when it was getting down to, this is a 12 years ago, Roberto Alomar, one member of the organization really wanted Roberto Alomar. And one member of the organization really wanted Mark Grizzolanic. And uh, the one who wanted Mark Grizzolanic obviously won out. So there's mm -hmm. a little fun fact for no one tell. That was very, very clever. Like it was uh, like, like Alomar thought it was done. And then they had gotten the, the other party had gotten Grizzolanic in there. Uh, so there's a fun fact for no one tell. That, that one, um, so Roberto Alomar could have been a Cardinal. No, this was toward the tail end of his career because Grizzolanic was with the Cardinals in 05. So it's not like. It was Roberto Alomar of the 1990s with the Blue Jays and spitting on John Hirschbeck, Roberto Alomar. But nonetheless, there's another one for you. Uh, da, 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 da,
James Carlton of the James Carlton Agency, State Farm Insurance Agent, has been with us from the very beginning. And we ask that you support the sponsors. You can reach James Carlton at 314-961-4800. of homeowners in Missouri escrow their premium with their mortgage and have no idea what they're paying or what they're covered for. Call James today to protect your biggest asset. In fact, go to his website right now and check them out at carltoninsurance.net. He has a huge staff that is ready to take care of you, and that is the reason why James' business continues to grow. If you go and look online at the reviews for James Carlton's agency, you see people getting all fired up about the customer service. I would sit there and say, I can't imagine anybody getting that excited about buying insurance, but there is evidence that there are people, and that's because the experience is so different from everybody else. The switch is easy. They do all the work for you. It just takes one phone call or apply online at carltoninsurance.net. How about this? Call James, and he very well can get you better coverage and start saving you money. In fact, he often can include $100,000 in life insurance without even increasing your payment. That's James Carlton. James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agent. Iggy, how do you feel about being called a predatory killer just about every day on the show? Thank you. Hey, it comes with the territory. I know, no, I mean, people don't really think that I kill people and burying them in my sunflower garden. I mean, you don't believe that, do you? Um, no, it's just all of us. Um, maybe not the sea monster because he's the nicest guy I ever walked and he doesn't get that. But at some point, all of us have been trashed or made fun of. And that's it's just, part of the show. It's part of the show. I mean, you just... If you, if you enter into the arena, you have to accept that you'll be exposed to the reindeer game. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys have wanted to bang Doug in the ass for, what, 10 years? Very nice. You know, Hasn't happened part, yet. It's but. part of the, the thing. And, um, yeah, it can get, you know, over the top sometimes. But, hey, that's par, par for the course. That's part of the show. If you're part of the show... And it happens, you just kind of, uh, people don't, I tell people this at the remotes all the time when they say, does it bother you? I said, no, if you actually would see into the studio when these emails are read, I'm actually laughing. That is true. I mean, I, I think they're funny. That. So no, it doesn't bother me. Tim mentioned in the discussion with Dave Peacock about his view that buying stock in St. Louis right now is a good move. I tend to agree, but wouldn't put all my money on that bet. But I'd like to hear an expansion of his views. I don't like when I get third person. This is just a little pro tip. It's like you can t- I'm like I'm involved in the conversation. And I know the person's not doing it to be mean-spirited. It's just an odd thing. Uh, also, if and when St. Louis, quote, figures it out, like Nashville, Kansas City, and Indianapolis seem to have, do you think it will be driven by a, quote, great man or woman personality leading and uniting the region, or will it be more grassroots, bottom-up driven? If it is the great man slash woman, not to be confused with 590 the man and 1380 the woman, <laughs> Who do the guys think it could be? Personally, I have no idea, but it's likely not Dan Marshall. Um, Let's see. I would buy stock in St. Louis. Now, my reason for that isn't necessarily the optimistic reason. It's because the value right now is low, and that's the time to buy. That's the reason. However, along those lines, with what you have with some of the tech startups, and I think an awakening caused by the Rams leaving, caused by the MLS failure and that led to a discussion for the first time in my life uh, that I can recall it becoming somewhat mainstream on the merger of St. Louis City and St. Louis County. Um, I think there are some pieces in place that form a foundation to get things going in the right direction. Um, Regarding, you know, would it be led by a great man or woman personality? 
uh, or will it be more grassroots? I think right there with what I laid out, that illustrates the foundation has been laid, and I don't think you really... I don't, is there somebody in the region who you can... like? And I, and I don't say this to be snide at all, just kind of observing the lay of the land. I don't think Lida Krusen and Steve Stenger... Um, and if you want to expand it to, you know, as high as the U.S. Senate, who represents Missouri in the U.S. Senate, uh, the governor certainly, uh, in inspire a lot of enthusiasm from that standpoint. Um, is there, is there somebody that you look to is a, we've had this, we had this conversation a few years on the show, on the show and the task force going, if not Dave Peacock and Joe Buck kind of stepping out. Who would it have been? And that's not to say that they wouldn't have been there. I'm just asking. And it's rhetorical, really, because I don't know the answer. But It's somebody that we have not heard of yet. It's going to be somebody that five, six, seven, eight years from now comes out and is all of a sudden a go-getter. It's going to be somebody young, energetic, um, that the people will, will listen to. And it's somebody that may, may be out there now, but I think it's somebody that we haven't heard of yet. I don't think it's somebody. I don't think it's somebody that's it's running this government now. I mean, I was kind of excited about Greitens only because he's kind of younger, uh, was kind of not out of the political mold, obviously, um, and you liked what he did as a veteran. Now it's still going to be seen whether or not he's good at being governing this state, but I still think there's going to be somebody out there that's just going to come out of nowhere, and everybody's going to fall in love with. I think we talked about it on the show a lot, and you brought it up, Tim, just a little bit ago. I think things would move in a much more rapid pace once or if there is a city-county merger. A lot less hoops to jump through as far as bills being voted on and a lot less money being distributed to mayors and, you know, chiefs of little municipalities. You kind of do what Doug's thing is, the boroughs system to where you have four or five or I forgot how many boroughs instead of how many counties and municipalities you have. I think once you do that, you don't need one person to kind of direct it. I think that will kind of start fixing the problem itself. Maybe not resolve it, but that's a good start is having the city and county merge. Sure. I don't know who the person would be at this moment. I really don't. Um, I think it is so, I'll tell you this. I think it is so important for whoever it is. I think this is critical. This is one of the things Megan Green, who's been a guest on the show, I, I, I agreed with her in a major way on this. I think the racial issue in St. Louis is actually underestimated. And then immediately when I say it, there are people like, oh, my God, and they just get angry that it's even said. Um, but God, do I think that's the case. And that's coming from somebody, and if I'm not mistaken, the only person who grew up in the city in here um, and observed it throughout my life and then lived downtown. I think it is one of the biggest elements of holding St. Louis back is the racial issue. And I am... I'd love to know, like, like, a, like a history as to why it exists the way that it exists, and so many kind of butterfly effects of it. Uh, whether you want to cite, you know, White Flight, Spanish Lake, uh, the Del Mar dividing line, all of these things. So my point being, whoever the person would be, uh, if it's a white person from South St. Louis, uh, I think it is absolutely critical for that person to make sure. They spend a great deal of time not campaigning in North St. Louis, but listening in North St. Louis, listening in North St. Louis, and finding out whatever it is that they possibly can to try and have a greater empathy for the issues of the people of North St. Louis. And on the other side, 
It's an African-American from North St. Louis, not just run to win the votes of North St. Louis, but come to South St. Louis and try and get a better understanding of the perspective of South St. Louis. And it's unfortunate that you have to talk about like a Mason-Dixon line in St. Louis. Uh, I always kind of considered it to be Highway 40, but I guess people are right. It's probably more Del Mar. And, um, and I think that is so critical because if, if one side of the city feels like their interests are not being advanced in City Hall, then that side of the city will never truly fully support that mayor. Um, so I think that's a critical thing. I mean, that's, that's just something I observe and I've been observing for decades, really, because that's where I grew up. I mean, I can remember back to Mayor Vince Shamel coming to our door when he was running in the 1980s. So to me, that's a huge, huge part of it. Weirdest and or furthest place from St. Louis or furthest from St. Louis place that you have been recognized by a listener. Pablo, you don't really get out much. Uh, you have seen the ocean, though, in the last couple of years. I have. Uh, but uh, you don't really treat, you go to Montana, right? Yeah, I would say the furthest out of St. Louis I've been recognized would be in the Nashville area going to a Predators Blues game. Now, no, I know that's not is. a big deal because you have a lot of St. Louisans mm. going to Nashville. And so you, I mean, kind of basically like being noticed in St. Louis. But I, I, like I said over the weekend, watching a random Molly's game, went to the theater and a theater I've never been to, the AMC Dine-In. The theater we're in, there are two listeners with their significant others. So, I mean, it's not necessarily how far out of St. Louis I've been noticed. It's the random places that you get pointed out at that you wouldn't expect a listener or other people to, to, to know what you look like. And so Nashville or any place like a random uh, movie theater and things like that. Jamaica. <laughs> Jamaica Jack. It's a good distance. Yeah, I mean, there's somebody that was at Hedo that didn't know I went there and uh, well, knew I went there, but then uh, got to meet me and said, that's Iggy, that's Iggy. <laughs> um, but there must be something about Tennessee because when we were in Gatlinburg, not this summer, the summer be, uh, before that for a family reunion, uh, we were playing at, I believe it was Bent Creek Golf Club. I think it's the only golf course in Gatlinburg. And um, the lady said, uh, somebody wants to meet you. Uh, when uh, he saw the tee sheet looking for his tee time and he saw Kenny Strode, uh, he wanted to know if he was, was at the Kenny Strode from St. Louis. And when he <laughs> said yes, he says he's a big fan of the show. He wants to meet you. So some guy came up and said hello from Gatlinburg. So My play is uh, Las Vegas. Probably not surprising with as much time as I spend there. And I guess that being the furthest. Because I really don't travel internationally. Um and it's been a few times in Las Vegas, but I can remember one time just sitting in a, a bar at Caesars, not the bar, but a bar at Caesars Palace. And it's packed. And guys are yelling free dotum from the casino. Floor. <laughs> it's like, you got to be kidding me. What in the world? Um, but Las Vegas certainly would be the answer on that. Uh, da, 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 da. What is your guilty pleasure movie? and or the most nostalgia-inducing movie. Iggy, I'll start with you on this one. Guilty Pleasure movie? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a movie that it's so sad, but whenever it's on, I watch it, and you wouldn't think Mark Wahlberg would be part of a movie that, uh, you know, is a great acting, dramatic role for him. 
But the movie's called Lovely Bones. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've not seen Lovely Bones. Um, it takes a while to figure it out, and I won't give the whole plot away. But oh, it's, Lovely Bones. But his uh, his daughter is killed, but his daughter like comes back as a a spirit and sees everything going on with her father and how he's handling that and what happened to her. And uh, it's really a sad movie, but, you know, every time it's on, it's, I got to watch it. Um, so that's probably my guilty pleasure. That and, I don't know, Showgirls I watch whenever it's on. <laughs> Elizabeth Berkeley, friend of the show. Mine, um, I'll do Caddyshack and The Big Lebowski are two that I love uh, anytime they're on. If I'm bored, I'll go to Netflix and put them on. Those two are cult classics to me. I watched them throughout high school, watched them throughout college, still find them highly entertaining. And the one recently, The Big Short, I have probably seen eight or ten really? times. And I just find that movie fascinating. I, I think do the like acting is very nice fantastic. And that's a movie if I'm bored and kind of, you know, don't want to turn my brain off necessarily. And I like to watch different characters in that movie. And The Big Short to me recently has been a, a huge go-to movie. As far as guilty pleasure, and I don't know, anytime I have it on, there are two of them. And you could never, you would never guess them. You just never guess them. I guess I'll give you, I'll give you date ranges and see if you could guess it. I mean, it's, I don't even know. I'd have to give you hints. Uh, I think one's 1999, and then the other's like 2006. And I, I certainly would say, without question, they would both be considered female movies. And when Anna Marie, like, you know, whether it's basement living or whatever, comes in, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching, and she goes, my God. you Sleepless in, in Seattle? No, I think Sleepless in Seattle's more uh, early, mid-90s. Yeah, early, yeah. Maybe mid 80s. Mm. <laughs> Hugh Grant. Oh. Julia Roberts. I can't think of a Hugh Grant movie, although I know he don't like either one. of them. So. <laughs> although I liked her in Ocean's Eleven, or was it Twelve? Notting Hill. Did you know that, Sea Monster? You did not. That one, I. I Meryl Streep and Hathaway. Devil Wears Prada. Yes, That's See, my... it seems like you're on board with that one. I dig it, dude. Are you kidding me? I've seen it a lot. I you love get it. high and watch Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, and Hathaway. Really, it seems like an and, yeah. odd film to get high. And Hathaway is awesome. And I, I love. Don't hear movie. that often either. You don't. But I watch it, and Madison gives me grief about it all the time. She's been naked a few times. <laughs> Actually, I've seen fact, that. I don't think in that film. Not in that. No. <laughs> um, I think Meryl Streep got naked in Silkwood. I think yeah, that was be next week's questions when she's audience. being showered off. I like Devil Wears Prada though. I watch it. I don't know what to say, and I'm not proud of it. It's odd. I'm it's a little bit really more proud odd. than you are, but it, uh, I but know I think it's from. a good film. Yeah. It entertains me. It's a guilty pleasure film. If I saw the Big Short pop up more often, I'd certainly watch that. But I wouldn't be embarrassed by it. Just, oh no, that's a good. That's and a then good a movie, movie that brings back nostalgia. So you got to kind of go back to like what were you doing at the time? And so for me, high school and college were in the 1990s. And then I'll see some of these people in like these 1990s kind of high school or college movies. You know, God, now they're like in their 40s, and it just like. Not the nice thing, nostalgic. <laughs> ah, holy shit! Um, can't hardly wait. Uh, American Pie. They were both late nineteen nineties. <laughs> um, that stands out to me. I feel like I've got to have a better answer though than that. What about Varsity Blues? Varsity Blues was like ninety nine. <laughs> that was my. Nice I watched that all yeah, the time. For example, because I was going through. I don't know what it was. Why I was looking through this, but. I was looking at a cast of a show, and Allie Larder, who is the whipped cream girl from yes. Varsity Blues, I, yes. is older than me. 
And I had and I had no idea that she's I think forty two. I've not seen what she looks like. Like I'm sure she's still looking. So good. I'm just like, oh my god, you know. I mean, I started my television career in 1999, and at this point, I'm a, that's approaching 20 years. I anchored my first sports cast. God, my first live shot was like January of 98 with the Harlem Globetrotters, of course. And to think that was 20 years ago. And I go, God, I don't really feel like I've changed all that much. But in 20 years, I'm 61, and I'm going, oh, my God. God, when you started in TV, I did not have one shrub. So you're just kind of comparatively speaking about your pubic hair. Yeah. So I'm just saying that's a, you usually get pubic hair really early. So you've been on TV and been around the business quite some time. That's what I'm saying. Yet I'm quote only 41 for having 20 years of experience in it. But I think this is what I'm trying to drive home outside of your, your drop about your pubic hair. What I'm trying to drive home is God, that doesn't seem that long ago, which means in 20 years when I'm 61, which seems like it's millions of years away it's not that far you can't possibly you can't have it work the same way if 21 wasn't that long ago then therefore 61 can't be that far away and you know from my standpoint on that that's a i don't know if when i was 21 if i looked at 41 as being old certainly old er but 61 61 that's a different ball game so I don't know. That ma- what that makes me think, and this is how I think now, and maybe it's because I'm a father for the first time, but it's like I am now of the seize the moment mindset way more so than I was before. And um, I don't know. But that that that's kind of when I'm thinking, my God, it wasn't that long ago. I was anchoring sportscasts for my first time at KOMU. And now I go, oh my God, that was 20 years ago. If I go 20 years before that, I was a year old. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm not sure I did a uh, nostalgic movie. Um, Big Lebowski with mine. No, because I, I do remember, and I remember things like this. I mean, the first the first movie star, movie slash movie star that I saw that I jerked to. Perfect. Uh, Laura Antonelli. She was an Italian actress. <laughs> and if I remember the movie, I think it was called, because she's been in like 50, um, but I think it was called Malicious where I think she was naked like half the movie and just gorgeous breast and obviously full bush. And, but I think that's the first movie I jacked off to. Um, so whenever her. I see a Laura Antonelli, Antonelli movie come on from like the seventies and late seventies, I got to watch that because I remember that chick very fondly passed away a few years ago too. Yeah. Malicious. And in the movie cover, she's like in lingerie and a short skirt. So and she got naked pretty much all in the movie, but God, she was a, not not the Sophia Loren type, but uh, she was a gorgeous Italian actress, and uh, yeah, I'll always look back fondly on Laura Antonelli. Pollock, do you have one? Uh, my nostalgic one is easily Big Lebowski. Watched that with my dad because it's my dad's one of his favorite movies. So I got all my favorites for my dad: Christmas Vacation, Caddyshack, and Big Lebowski are my three nostalgic-based movies. And Christmas Vacation is obviously more holiday-themed. It's hard to watch that in June or July. But The Big Lebowski, if you haven't seen it, which I'm sure most have, it is unbelievable. Jeff Bridges kills it. And I love it. So that's my nostalgia. Uh, and then a final thought here. Questions from the audience. Hey, Kenny, Hulu has some real shows you ask. Get out of 1984. <laughs> that's more just kind of a statement. Uh, it's from Caller Adam. Who calls me Kenny, by the way, other than Frank? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, but I don't have Hulu. I don't have a fire stick. 
That's your response. Or is it a Google stick? That's your Something you can you can steal Hulu. I, just, I have Netflix, so. Uh, Matt asks Iggy, why so mad, brah? So mad about what? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm at, the people ask questions. I think I'm pretty to... laid back, don't you? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, think I, I get. I would say so, too. Actually. I don't think I get mad hardly ever. You know, if a squirrel's eating my sunflowers, I throw rocks at it, and but you don't yeah, you're see just me. Defending get, your turf. You don't see. You don't <laughs> see me get mad. But no, there's not really much that upsets me, to be honest with you. Uh, there it is. Questions from the audience. Thank you to the Plowhawk. Thank you to Iggy. Thank you to the Seamaster for being on the ones and twos. We look forward to doing these every week. Thank you for the questions. Send them anytime. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. All part of the Inside STL Podcast Network, along with Jim Hayes' show, The Cat Chat. Thank you to Ryan Kelly, TheHomeLoanExpert.com, for his sponsorship. James Carlton, State Farm Insurance Agent, and his agency, the James Carlton Agency, and Gateway Buick GMC and Triad Bank, all sponsors of The Tim McKernan Show. Until next week, thanks for listening to another edition of The Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.